Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Well, good morning, everyone. As you can tell, I am much shorter and much hairier than Pastor Josh, so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just, uh, you know, we're taking a break. We finished up the flight series. We're starting a, another series pretty soon, and Pastor Josh just asked me if, uh, if I'd like to come, and I, you know, what's crazy is that when you prepare something, the opportunity presents itself, and, you know, this is something that uh, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me, speaking to our church, speaking to our young adults, uh, and so I'm just really honored to get to come and share it with you today. So there was a man, an ice fisherman, okay? Everybody know what ice fishing is? Yes. It's that stupid thing where they go and they dig a hole in the, in the ice and they put a, <laughs> and they freeze to go fish. Well, this man decided one day that he was going to go ice fishing. So he got his pole, he got his bait, he got his drill, and he goes out on the ice and he begins to dig a hole in the ice and he hears a voice and the voice says, there are no fish under the ice. I was taken aback. He didn't know what, what that was. And so he's like, I'm, I'm crazy. It's cold. The cold's getting to me. And so he just went back to, to cutting out the hole. And again, the voice comes, on the, comes over and says, there are no fish under the ice. The guy is shocked. He goes, maybe this is the wrong spot. Maybe, maybe I need to move down a little way. So he moves a little bit of ways down. And he begins to cut a hole in the ice. And the third time, the voice comes to him and said, there are no fish under the ice. And the man looks up in the sky and goes, is that you, God? And the voice comes back and says, no, this is the ice rink manager. (laughs) So many times, we're looking to hear from God. And the Lord wants to speak to us. But the goal is is not the word. The goal is not to hear from God. The goal is to see the fruit produced in your life that the word is speaking to you. So today we're talking about the word of the Lord. You know, we're going to be talking about that, but we're also going to be talking about how do we make that word produce in our life. I've kind of titled everything today, the goal is fruit. The goal is fruit. So our text today is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 4 through 15. Now, this is actually recorded in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's in all three of them. It's the same story. Um, But here in Luke, Jesus starts off with a crowd around him. We're in Luke, chapter 8, and he starts off with a crowd around him. And he spoke in a parable. Now, a parable is just an illustrated sermon. I always say, why did Jesus speak in parables? So that, so that preachers have sermon material. But uh, Jesus used these illustrated sermons because he could tell us what he wanted to tell us flat out. But by using the illustration, it sticks with us, helps us understand better. So we're in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4. It says, And when a great multitude had gathered, they had come to him from every city, And he spoke by a parable. This is what he said. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside 
and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he heard these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I really identify with the disciples in this moment. Because what they're about to say is, we heard what you said. Now, what does it mean? You know, I really identify with that. Because so many times we hear something, but we don't understand. Because we have to seek to understand it. So thankfully, the Lord didn't just leave us hanging right there. But he rather goes on to, uh, to explain this parable. The disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said... To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now here's the explanation. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, And these have no root, who believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So what is, what is the word, okay? Because... We throw that word, we throw that saying, that phrasing around a lot. The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, you know. Well, I tell you that, number one, the word of the Lord is a seed. We learn that from the parable. It says the sower sows the word. So the word of the Lord is a seed. Why does the Lord give us seed instead of a plant? Why does the Lord not deliver us a fully grown, mature tree? Because he wants us to be ready. He wants us to be prepared. Because it might be our goal to hear from the Lord, but the Lord's goal is for us to produce the fruit. The Lord's goal is for us to take the seed and to bring it to maturity so that the fruit is there for us and for others. So, the word begins as a seed, and God sows that, that seed into our hearts. Now, we see that it was talking about soil, but we know it doesn't mean soil, because it's a parable. It's layers. It means the soil is our hearts. So, God, so the seed into the soil is God's word into our hearts. All right, so... I was going to leave this part out, but I feel like it's, like it's a good, to, good to explain it. We're about to learn some $10 Bible words real quick, okay? So um, the first word that we're going to learn today is rhema. Rhema, okay? Rhema. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Okay. So that's defined. Now, it's defined in Strong's Concordance. Strong Concordance is a big book that sits on a shelf until you need it. And... Uh, 
and it's, it helps you understand what, what the actual meaning behind the words are. So rhema, defined by Strong's Concordance, is an utterance, something that has been either uttered in the past or in the present. So rhema, spoken word, okay? Now, your second vocabulary word for the week is logos, logos, L-O-G-O-S, however that's pronounced. And that is a statement or a speech, a written word, okay? So we're talking about two things, a spoken word, rhema, a written word, logos. But the thing about it is this, is that people have made their whole belief system based on the difference between these two words, but they're used interchangeably in Scripture. You know, we, people say, oh, well, the rhema word, well, the rhema word is the logos word. The logos word is the rhema word. So when we're talking about the word today, we're not just talking about the written word. We're not just talking about the spoken word, but we're talking about those two things interchangeably. All right. So the word is a seed, whether it's written, whether it's spoken, the word is a seed. So now how does the Lord scatter that seed in our life? How do we receive the seed? How does the sower scatter his seed? Well, I've made a list. This is not comprehensive, but it is a list because I like lists. So the Lord scatters his seed in our hearts through his spoken word. All right? God's audible voice. That is the Lord coming down and saying, Imlin, you know, now, that is probably the least used way that the Lord uses to scatter a seed. And you ask, why? It would be so easy if the Lord would just come to me and tell me, I want you to go pray for this person over here. It would be so easy. But the Lord wants his audible voice to carry the weight, to carry it that, that it doesn't happen often. So when you hear it, it's something that you need to take notice of. So he, scatter, he scatters his seed with his spoken word. He scatters his seed with his prophetic word. Now, this is the word of the Lord brought to someone speaking on behalf of the Lord himself. Now, we've actually experienced some of this recently, you know. Um, we had our friend of the house, Prophet Ron Campbell, come in and, and speak prophetically over people in our, in our prayer nights. Uh, we've had, you know, some prophetic words for people and stuff like that. That is the Lord using someone to speak an utterance for him that he is giving them. All right? Now, people always look for that. They, they want that so bad. I want a word. I want someone to give me a word. But let me tell you, there's no responsibility in yourself in that, you know? I mean, and that's why people want it, you know? Now, <laughs> I was think, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about when I was in middle school. I think I was seventh grade, and 
I don't know how it is nowadays. I'm sure they, they do it differently now. But when you're in seventh grade, in my time, when you wanted a girlfriend, you had somebody go ask them out for you. <laughs> so, so I was in seventh grade, and there was a new girl to the school, and I had someone go ask her to be my girlfriend. I've never spoken to this girl, but we were boyfriend and girlfriend at that point in time, right? <laughs> so I remember the first time I was, I was going to have an interaction with her, and uh, I'm walking down the hallway... And I see her, and I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. So I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, and I just put up my folder and walk right by her. (laughs) Uh, As you might have understood, that didn't go very far, all right? But if you are only looking for other people to speak to you on behalf of the Lord, then you're not going to receive the fullness of the relationship. So... So the prophetic word is good. It's good. I think it should be even in more operation than it is. But it's not the only way to receive the word from the Lord. So the next way is the dream word. All right. This is the word brought to us in our dreams. You know, kind of one of our, our verses that we like really, you know, that we pray into is that uh, is in Joel chapter two. It says, in the latter days, the young men will dream dreams. The young men will see visions. You know, dreams are downloads from the Lord in, in, our, in our sleep where the Lord scatters his seed in our lives. You know, I, I remember when I was preparing to go on my first mission trip, how I did not yet have all the funds I needed to go. And I, was, I had a dream that I went back home to Alabama and I went to these teen challenges and I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I had never preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had really rarely ever preached before, but I had the dream and I knew that it was the word of the Lord in my life. And so I went and did it. <laughs> I had a dream <laughs> and I went and did it. And I got more than the money I needed to be able to go on my mission trip. I mean, it was cutting us close. It was cutting it close. But the Lord had scattered his seed in my dreams. That was the word of the Lord in my life. The whispered word. This is a, a word impressed upon your heart by the Holy Spirit. This is, this is a feeling that you get. It might not necessarily be a fully formed idea might not necessarily be, you know, uh, something where, where, you know, you, you, you know that the Lord is speaking to you, but you just, I feel like I need to be doing that. I feel like I need to be doing that. You know, I heard this story about this, uh, about this guy who got saved from a life of drug addiction and he was talking to his pastor and he said, I was in the line for McDonald's the other day and I felt like I was supposed to give the person at the drive-thru $100, but I didn't because I didn't know that it was the Lord. And the pastor said, well, let me ask you this. When you were out there on drugs and running and living your life for the devil, did anybody ever tell you to give $100 to the guy at the McDonald's drive-thru? And he said, no. He goes, well, then that was the word of the Lord in your life. <laughs> that was the guiding of the Holy Spirit in your life. A whispered word to us, something that we feel. The Lord will scatter a seed in your life that way. The wisdom word, a word brought to us by someone through the wisdom that they have earned, earned, the wisdom that they have earned. That's why it's so important to have people in your life that you trust to speak into your life. Because, you know, I've been doing this for a little while, 
But Pastor Josh has been doing this for a long time. He's been walking with the Lord for a long time, and he's learned some things. It might not necessarily be thus says the Lord in your life, but it is the wisdom of God that he's going to impart into your life. And the Lord is going to use that to scatter seed. The preached word, the word brought to us by delivery of a sermon. This is what I'm doing right now. This is the word of the Lord in your life right now. If the sermon speaks to you, if you feel something that, yeah, yes, I, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's the Lord scattering seed in your heart, you know? That's why the preaching demands response. Not just vocal response like you're doing today, making me feel good, but it also demands action, you know? When someone comes to you and preaches about, un, about you know, forgiving people in your life to see the blessing of the Lord, that demands action, you know? It's the word of the Lord. It's seed that's scattered into your heart. And the final thing I want to talk about as how the Lord scatters seed in your life is this right here. This. All right. This right here may be the most common place. Most of us have more than one of these in our home. Most of us have this on our phone. Yet, I think that it's the most set aside. It's the most, uh, well, you know, yeah, I read my word. Yeah, I read my word. But this is the discerner by which all other word has to go through. If it doesn't line up with this, then it is not the word of the Lord, you know? Because we might hear prophetically, we might hear, you know, in our hearts, but if it's going against this, this is the measuring stick. This is the plumb line. This is the canon of Scripture. This is, the, this is by which everything needs to be judged. If you came to me and you said, hey, I was having dinner with your wife the other day, and uh, we had this broccoli salad, and she loved it, I say, that was not my wife. <laughs> because I know my wife. And I know how much she hates broccoli and cauliflower. And, and if you have this close to you, then you can discern the true word of the Lord in your life. Because if it's telling something contrary to that, then it's not the right, real word. It's not the word for you. So let's talk a moment about confirmation, okay? I'm just looking for confirmation. It's okay to want confirmation. I'm telling you, it is okay to want confirmation. God wants to confirm his word in your life. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, this will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. You know, it's okay to want the Lord to confirm things in your life. You know, I, I say this verse all the time, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, something shall be established. If I read it in my Bible, if I hear it in a sermon, then I know that that's the word of the Lord in my life. If somebody comes to me and says a prophetic word over, over me, and then I feel it in my heart, I feel the Lord speaking to it in my heart, then I know that that's the confirmed word of the Lord in my life. You know, Pastor Josh said something really insightful the other day uh, when he was preaching. He said, that he's never been 100% sure about anything in his life, any word of the Lord in his life, but he has been 99% sure. And let me tell you something. 
Every step with God requires faith. In fact, it's impossible to please God without faith. That's what the Bible tells us. So any word in your life is going to require a measure of faith. Nothing is 100% certain. We walk by faith. As, as believers, we walk by faith. You know, We live by faith. You know, That's why it's okay to want confirmation, but... God will confirm, and God wants you to produce fruit. So, we talked about receiving the word. So, the word is a seed. Okay. We, uh, we had these other day for Mother's Day. They're little paper that has seed in it, right? And you plant it and everything. So, we're going to take our word of the Lord right here, and we're going to plant it right there for later. Okay. So, how do we take the word from the seed that you received in and turn it into the fruit that we desire in our lives? Well, let me tell you, there is some responsibility in the seed. There is responsibility in the seed. God wants fruit too. God wants fruit too. And he uses his seed to develop fruit in us. The word of the Lord should bring encouragement to you. If it's discouraging to you, it's probably not the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord should bring direction to you. It says in Psalms 119, it says, Your word is a light to my feet and a a lamp for my path. The word should bring direction in your life. The word should bring comfort. You know, when you're hurting, the word should bring comfort. The word should bring guidance, wisdom. And the word should bring correction. It should bring correction. Now, you might ask, well, how, how do you reconcile the word bringing encouragement and correction? Well, let me tell you, in my life, in my Christian walk, in my leadership walk, I've been corrected many times. You know, it's because I make big mistakes. And yes, it, it is painful. No correction is not painful. But when I look back at it, I can see how the Lord really cared for my heart by correcting me. And that brings encouragement to me. That the Lord cares enough about me and about seeing fruit produce in my life that he's willing to correct me when I'm wrong. So what is our responsibility? Well, we have a responsibility to receive the word. You know, if we hear something that we don't necessarily want to hear, then we tend to just say, well, that's not really God. I don't really want to, I don't really want to, you know, I don't, I, that, that doesn't gel with me. That's not part of my ministry. So that must not be the Lord. Well, we have a responsibility to discern the word of the Lord in our life, you know. Again, that goes back to this, why this is so important. We have a responsibility to follow the word of the Lord in our life. People get stuck. People get stuck. They don't follow the word. They get stuck. And we have a responsibility to caretake the word of the Lord in our life. And we're about to start talking about that more in depth, right, in just a minute. But just because it was spoken to you doesn't mean everything is automatic. Salvation, automatic. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Forgiveness of sins, With salvation, automatic. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
automatic. The Holy Spirit in your life, if you ask for it, automatic. It says that he goes and he's going to send the Holy Spirit to help us, automatic. But seeing the full blessing, seeing the full fulfillment, that takes work. That takes work. So what's holding you back from producing? What's holding you back? Well, we see a lot of things holding the word back from producing in our, in our parable today. In verse 12, it says, those by the wayside, remember it says that he cast some seed that would fell by the wayside and it was trampled underfoot and picked up by birds. It says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. Forgetting and being trampled upon. The enemy will come and try to take the word out of your heart. Look, he doesn't have to derail your plans if he can just forget, let make you forget that the word that the Lord spoke it to you. That's as that's as good as him messing you up, as making you forget what he spoke to you. There's people that are gonna come and try to take the word of the Lord out of your life. Whether it's because they don't believe, whether it's because they're, you know, they're they're not on the same page as you, whatever it is, there are people that try, that will try to come and take the word out of your life. Then we saw some that fell on rocky soil. It says, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in the time of temptation, fall away. There are rocks in the soil of your heart. Remember, we're saying soil, but we're meaning heart. There are rocks in the soil of our hearts. What are these rocks? Sin is a rock in the soil of your heart. That will stop the word from producing the desired fruit in your life. Unforgiveness is a rock that will stop the fruit being produced. Pride, bitterness, past hurts, all those things will stop the word of the Lord from producing the fruit in your life. Things in your past will keep you from producing fruit in your future. So we see seed that was sprung up with thorns. It says, but the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life, and bring forth no fruit to maturity. When you're more concerned with what others think of you, you won't produce the fruit that you're in your life. When you're more concerned about what may happen, you won't produce fruit in your life. You know, it's okay to want nice things. You know, but when you're concerned with riches and the cares of the world more than producing the fruit of God in your life, you will not produce fruit. Worry, cares, and striving for the wrong things will keep the word from producing fruit. But then we come to good soil. It says in verse 15, it says, But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Even good soil has a requirement. Even good soil has a requirement, and that's patience. Immature plants produce immature fruit. 
You might have cleared out all that other stuff, but if you're not patient to let it develop in your life, then you're not going to receive the full fruit. See, the thing about this parable that strikes me so much and that I don't think that it's really, I've never really heard it explained like this. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, got anything new, but I just feel like I want to share it with you, is that every bit of that soil had the possibility of being good soil. Every, all four of those had the possibility to produce fruit. But there is a responsibility in the owner of the soil. So we see that the first one, how do we, how do we, take that responsibility. What do we do? We want fruit. We have the word. The sower scatters the word. We have the word. But how do you produce, turn this into the fruit that you desire? Well, the first thing you do is the first soil is it got scattered by the wayside carelessly. It got picked up by birds. It got trampled underfoot. When the, word, when the Lord scatters seed into your life, you have to remember what the word was spoken to you. We have to remember what has been sown into you. It says in Psalm, 19, 11, Psalm 119, 11, it says, Your word, I have hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden it in my heart. Keep it close. Keep it close. We want it in in our hearts. We don't want to pick it up. A Bible teacher of mine, he used to tell me this, and it's something that I have taken to heart, and I know that you've seen me. I have a pen right here. This is me. But he said to me one time, he said, a good soldier always has pen and paper because he wanted to remember if the Lord spoke to him. This right here, this is a book that I write the word of the Lord to me in. Whether it's preached, whether it's preached, whether it's I feel it in my heart, whether I'm reading my Bible and it's something that I know is the word of the Lord for me, this is mine, and I keep it close. I don't write grocery lists in here. I have other book, other tablets that I write grocery lists on. I'm a, I'm a list guy, okay? So, but I keep this close. And now let me tell you something. Everything that the Lord speaks to me, maybe it's not meant to produce in me right now, but it is meant to produce in me at some point in time, you know. We, uh, we Charlotte and I got married in April, and Pastor Josh spoke an awesome word over us at our, at our wedding, and, you know, Charlotte's birthday was just a few days after our wedding, and, you know, I'm just, I'm so nervous about birthday, about gifts. I'm just so nervous, okay? And I thought, and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. And I printed up the word that Pastor Josh spoke over us, and I, and I put it into here, and we keep it in our house. And it's a word about the ministry that Charlotte and I have to have our home open to people so that they can feel close and that they can grow into the community of God. And let me tell you, in the times where it's gotten tough to keep up the ministry, in the time where we've gotten tired and weary, 
We look to this word and we say, this is the word of the Lord in our life. This is meant, to, this is us, and we want to see this produce fruit. We're willing to do it because we know that we have the encouragement of God. We do not forget it. We don't forget it. It's mounted right up in our house. If you come over, you can see it. That's the word of the Lord. Remember the word that has been sown into you. Get rid of all those things that are weighing you down. We see in the second, second soil that it's rocky, that it goes in there, it springs up, hey, I'm here, but it has no root. So when testing and temptation come, it withers away. <clears throat> you know, people say don't despise small beginnings. I say don't be impressed with rapid starts. Because real fruit requires roots. And you can't have roots with sin in your life. You can't have roots with unforgiveness in your life. You can't, you can't really have roots with pride in your life. Because when the difficult times come, you're just going to wither away. Because all those things are going to be weighing you down. And you're not going to see the fruit produced in your life. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You might ask me, how do I get rid of the rocks in my life? Well, let me tell you, Jesus Christ can remove the rocks in your life. He came to remove sin. He came to heal past hurts. He came to help you come to a place of humility. Not through humiliation, but he came to bring you to a place of humility. Because when you think about yourself pridefully, you remember what Jesus did for me, and I realize how insignificant my contribution to the world is. Jesus will help you get rid of all those things that are weighing you down. So we see in the third example that there were thorns that when the soil was scattered, they weren't necessarily there. You know, he didn't come and scatter it on thorny soil, but there were thorns in the ground. And as the soil began to produce, as the word began to produce, that's when we begin to see the thorns appearing. There's nothing wrong with desiring nice things in your life. I said that already, but there's nothing wrong with desiring nice things. But really, are the things the fruit that you're desiring? So, what are you investing in right now to see the word of the Lord, to see the word of the Lord produce fruit in your life? When I was in uh, Bible college, I was getting to the end of my three years there, and I was... um, Everybody comes to Bible college because they want to get married. I'm just going to be real honest with you. That's what happens. But me too. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm approaching the end, and, uh, and there's no prospects. 
I mean, I tried. Trust me, it wasn't from lack of trying. <laughs> but there was, there was nothing on the horizon. But God had spoken that word to me, and I, I refused to believe that it wasn't for me. I refused to believe that that wasn't the word of the Lord in my life. The Lord had spoken to me, husband, family, pastoring. And I refused to believe that, that this was not part of it. So I said, you know what? I may not be dating anyone, may not have anybody lined up, but I'm going to begin to invest in my marriage. And I began to listen to focus on the family every single day. Let me tell you, I have listened to some boring, boring podcasts. (laughs) But I knew that I needed something. I needed to be investing in something for my future marriage. We all pray for our future spouses, but I began to pray specifically. I began to pray with fervor. You know, I began to pray specific things, specific things, that Charlotte is the fruit of that work in my life. (laughs) Right now, Charlotte and I, we we want family. You know, we want children. And so right now... We're investing to try to get out of debt. You know, we, you know, we, we got married. We didn't really go on a big honeymoon. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. But we said, we're going to, instead of going into debt for that, I mean, you do go into debt for a wedding. It's a big cost. But instead of doing that, we're going to invest in our future. And so right now, we're trying to get out of debt because we want to have children and not have that burden in our life. It says... Paul said to Timothy, he said, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Invest in the things that will produce the fruit that you desire. Don't invest in the things that the world tells you that you need. You do need a car. You do not need a Tesla. All right? And so the last soil, we come to the last soil. Oh, hold on, I forgot to remove the cares of the world out of our life. Remove the Tesla. I got to remove the Tesla. So the last soil that we come to, and we come to it, I'm like, great. We got good soil. It's over with, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I have good soil now. I've removed rocks. I've removed a Tesla, and now I have good soil. But let me tell you something. You have to be patient and allow God to produce the fruit in your life in season. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on the word that was spoken over you. Don't forget it. Don't let the things weigh you down to keep you from producing. Don't let the things that the world tells you that you need keep you from producing. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because we want to turn this, the seed that was sown, into fruit. I wish I had some bananas to pull out of here right now. But we, we want to turn that in there. You know, if it hasn't happened, I'd say, if you have a word, 
and it hasn't happened, I'd say, let's, let's look at two things. Is your soil ready? Is your soil ready? Have you done the work? Have you removed the things to allow it produce? And if it's still, if you say the yes to that, then I say, well, let me say, what's the reason for the word? What's the reason for the word? Because let me tell you something. God will tell us things at times to move us into a place for the next thing that he has for us. We see that in Abraham. He told him to go sacrifice his son Isaac on the, on the mountain. He didn't really want him to sacrifice it. That was the word of the Lord. It came. But he didn't really want it, but he wanted to move him into something so he could show him his faithfulness, that he could have a picture, a prophetic picture of Jesus through it. So, is your soil ready? What's the reason for the word? As I close today, I think that there's no, there's no verse that I could come across that would so better embody this than this right here. It's James 1, through 25. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, he who's patient, he who's faithful, he who continues in the word of the Lord is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. And this one will be blessed in what he does. In other words, this one will bear fruit. The goal is fruit. The goal is not hearing from God. That's great. That is something you should desire, to hear from God. That is not the goal. The goal is to produce fruit.